Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. Hello and welcome back to the Paddle and Finn podcast. I'm Brian. It's Ricketts. Long pause, Ricketts. Long pause, Ricketts. Yeah, buddy. Well, tonight, you guys, we got a epic little guest for you all. We're going to be talking to one of our own, Mr. Joshua Eldridge. We've featured many of our hosts on here, and there's a few we haven't. So we figured, why not uh, get one of our unsung heroes here on the OG show for a change? Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Brian. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. Pleasure's all mine. Josh is a handsome dude, isn't he? Look at him. Yeah. I think he's the one that somebody confused. I think he, they confused me with you when, when that dude made that comment about the salt and pepper George Clooney look on Facebook. I think he was looking at your picture because I didn't have a picture up there then. I think you're the George Clooney of our group, bro. I so don't that, know, man. That was, uh, that was Jacob Ruff. He was actually down at Rocktown today. I saw him, and he, uh, he, he thought it was pretty funny, that comment. We were talking about it at the shop today, so it was pretty funny. Yeah, he's a funny dude, man. What's been up, man? What's new? What's crack a lack? Well, not much, man. We did a Cincinnati Boat and Travel Show today. It was a lot of fun. Um, got to talk to a lot of potential buyers and also conversated with Mr. Chad Hoover. He was in town doing uh, three seminars, I think, today. And I think he's got another two that he might be doing tomorrow. Yep. And of course, we are the uh, bonafide dealer in the Cincinnati area. So he made a point to stop and hang out at the booth all day. And it was a pleasure meeting him. Super cool dude. Um, you know, uh, was sort of uh, taken by surprise, like how down to earth he really, truly is. And, you know, it was a pleasure having conversations with him. He's also taken by surprise about how not tall he is. Yeah, we keep talking. We just we just wrapped up an episode of the mixed bag Josh and I did with with our our guests, so we actually kind of touched base on that. But uh, we um, so here here's the deal. Like Brian's Brian's little interview he did with him, where he talked about dropping his phone in the water, his iPhone seven in the water. I noticed how much taller Brian was in chat in that. But Brian is a tall dude. What are you, 6'3", Brian? 6'3", 6'4", something like that. 6'3", 6'4". Like, he's a really yeah. tall dude. He's somebody I wouldn't want to get smacked by. So I'm thinking, okay, Chad's – I mean, Brian's just really tall. And I just like, okay, Chad's probably about 6'2". If Brian's 6'4", that makes – Chad's more like 5'11". Maybe 6 foot. So are you saying he was coming down to your level? Yeah. I, I knew. I liked it, bro. <laughs> 
yeah, I'm, I'm a few. I'm inches. sure your neck doesn't hurt. I'm sure your neck doesn't hurt from talking. Didn't hurt at all. I was like, all right, Hoover. I'm about shoulder to shoulder with you, bro. No, he was actually a good dude, man. Um, as I was telling Josh earlier that I had a perception of what I thought he was going to be like. Sure. And, but what I thought he was going to be like and what he's like in person, completely different. It, oh, yeah. he, he's an awesome dude. I mean, he's yeah. a really awesome dude. Yeah, super nice. Um, I've met him a few times, obviously. I think the first time I met him was when we did that interview when I dropped my phone. He was walking out of the check-in, and I was walking in to check-in and uh, just stopped. Or he was like, hey, man, how was your day? And uh, I was like, well, could have been a lot better. And then that's when the whole conversation started up, and you know, his cameraman was there with him and stuff like yeah. that. But anytime I've interacted with him, he's been uh, super nice, genuine, um, cool dude. Uh, I've heard some funny stories things like that you know he travels around doing this kayak fishing thing he's met a lot of people done many shows and things like that so uh it's funny he's also played some dirty tricks on some folks uh <laughs> like, like like eric siddiqui yeah um, siddiqui will be there tomorrow at the show i i won't spill the beans on that either chad or or uh siddiqui can tell you the story about it yeah yeah, it's uh, it's cool, man. I mean, you know, I'm sure the perception was a lot of folks, you know, think he's very intimidating and serious and things like that. But he's he's just like one of us, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I think it goes back to that light switch thing when he's got to be in front of a camera and serious and to the point and, you know, in front of a crowd of anglers at a weigh-in or check-in or something like that. I mean, whole different demeanor than when you're just talking to them one on one or in a group of folks, you know. Yeah. So. Unfiltered Chad is a really, really, really fun Chad, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a lot of fun. Uh, kind of like, I have a problem with the filter. I have a serious problem with the filter, but you guys know that. Yeah. Everybody listens to this yeah. podcast knows that. So. Well, back to Josh. But yeah, I know. I'm on a Chad Hoover kick. I have a big crush on the guy. I can't help it, man. He was kind of tan. He's clean shaven. His goatee was on point. He wasn't. He wasn't that much taller than me. I'm like, I like Chad. He took his shoes and socks off. I'm like, he's got decent feet too, bro. What's up, Chad? Oh my God, dude. <laughs> I swear to God, every every time I get creepier. <laughs> What's up, Chad? What's up with those feet, bro? And it always comes down to the feet. <laughs> Y'all so, didn't know Ricketts has got a crazy foot fetish. Yeah. So when we, when I originally saw your video with Chad about the lost phone, I thought you were like six foot nine, six ten. I'm like, who's this Sean Bradley dude, man? Like, and for those of y'all who be a little on the young side, Sean Bradley was this NBA player is excessively on the tall side, and that's I was like, he just Brian reminded me of Sean Bradley. And, uh, and so when I met Brian, I'm like, well, he's not, he's tall, but he's not that tall. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was surprised too, but it was, it was a great day, man. Um, we had a lot of fun. I, I realized that I am much more knowledgeable than I thought about kayak fishing in general and about even boats that I don't even own or not even paddled yet. You know, it's, it was pretty crazy just realizing how much information that I read and how much of it I've actually retained and was able to, you know, regurgitate for our customers for sure. basically. Sure, 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 for sure, sure. Yeah, it's funny. Josh called me uh, this afternoon on a, on his way home from the show and he was like, it's pretty bad when I talk better about kayak fishing than I do my own job. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's like, I, you know, he's like, I'm just that much more into it, you know, and I get it. And it's funny, man. I, I kind of had the same experience uh, last year when I was doing my first shows with Rocktown. You know, the first show was the Chicago show, which is coming up next week. And, man, I talked for hours and hours and hours and pulled specs out of my rear that I never thought I knew. So um, it's kind of crazy. Heck, yeah. I'm being goofy. Josh, I'm actually excited that we're doing this, man. And and because you, you you've come from such 
a strong past in what you've made of yourself and how you pulled yourself through that. I think it's absolutely amazing. And I don't think I've ever told you this personally. You, you've opened up to me. We, we've grown to know each other, um, become friends. Uh, you've opened up to me, and I just can't. I haven't had to really a chance to tell you that I'm proud of you. You know what I mean? In that I have great admiration for you. Uh, I respect you as not only a friend, but as a man and as a father, you know, so I'm, I'm really happy about this kind of getting a little teared up because I think you're a real, a real good dude. You know what I mean? I think you come from a good place. I think you had a good head on your shoulders. Uh, you're, you're an excellent father. I've seen you around your child. You're excellent father. Uh, I'm happy about this, man. So tell us, tell us a little about yourself. Well, let's start. Uh, currently, right now, I am working for a steel coil processing facility. Um, uh, one thing that I have learned is that when you have the background that I do, you kind of end up in a lot of entry-level positions. So right now, I do a lot of grunt work, basically, for a steel company. Um, recently, I kind of got promoted to becoming an entry operator. Still learning it, still trying to get good at it. I'm not exactly the greatest on it, but one of those jobs that kind of comes with the uh, experience you kind of learn how to operate better so um but in regards to kind of what we were you were touching on is um you know i kind of had a, a rough childhood um grew up in a single parent household uh just me my mom and my sister that started about when i was in grade school and uh came uh, we had to deal with a lot of family abuse from all my dad and uh so that kind of set things in motion where things were pretty rough for a long time and um but you know my mom did the best that she could and she raised two really smart bright kids i did really well in school um in fact i did incredibly well considering how bad i was as a student i'm really bad at uh procrastinating so but kind of fast forward and hit my teenage years started partying got into drinking drugs that sort of scene. And, um, I graduated from high school with a, like a three, eight or three, nine GPA and went to college and I picked college based off of all the wrong reasons. I picked it off of the uh, party scene and not necessarily what I wanted to go do. And it only took me about a year and a quarter and I was kicked out of college and back at home. Mm. Um, I had the opportunity to get back into school. Um, and I did not do anything that I was supposed to do because I was too worried about hanging out with the friends at home and keeping the party going. And, um, that continued for the next 11 years and in which I had gotten multiple DUIs, um, you know, and been arrested a couple times and just kind of just, that's how I lived. Um, been kicked out of the house. Uh, staying with friends, you know, there's all kinds of horror stories. I really won't get real graphic about it. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of stupid things I did, um, and seen a lot of stupid things that other people did, um, seen people unfortunately pass away right next to me. And, you know, it hit a bottom point in which, um, I attempted to commit suicide and luckily, um, basically kind of what ended up happening was I was, I kind of started seeing my drinking was taken off. I had stopped messing around with drugs, but I hit a point where I started blacking out real bad. And it wasn't like the end of the night kind of block, uh, blackouts and you go to sleep. It was like, I was missing like 45 minutes, uh, several times throughout the night, but I would remember things before and after. And, um, so I had a friend who had fortunately had called me to see if I was doing okay. Cause he knew I wasn't, uh, I was in a really depressive state of mind and apparently, and I don't remember any of this, apparently I had told him and he came back and he stopped me. And um, so kind of during a conversation with my friends that night that came back and one of my friends, she was really heartbroken over it. And she just, she said something to me and she's like, I just, I don't want to see you die. And it kind of mm. rung, rung in my ears and um, the next couple of days I worked on getting into a treatment facility. Um, and I, I think I even went out a couple more times and eventually the following Monday I ended up into treatment center. I get there and you know, it's, 
I kind of hit a point. I'm like, I can't keep doing this anymore to myself um, or my family. And so I went through treatment and I took it serious. And um, my last my last time I went out was December 15th of 2008. So I'm working on 11 years of sobriety now. Wow. So, um, you know, it's, it, it changed who I was as a person. It really realized how selfish that disease is. And, you know, there's a whole lot of people out there with the stigma or the argument of, uh, addiction's not a disease. It's a choice, but, um, you know, it's really easy for people to say that who haven't lived like that and had to deal with that and kind of realize what, what vicious cycles are kind of in play during that. Um, I am a believer that's a disease, but I also do believe that it is a choice at the same time. Um, in regards to kind of taking a a look back at it, um, in like my family life, my dad's side of the family is torn apart by it. Uh, there's very few people that are alive still from it and it's unfortunate and I hate it. And, you know, it's just, it's, obviously a genetic state, you know, that's there. And I can't, I can't change it about myself. It'll always be there. Um, I guarantee if I picked up and started drinking now, uh, I'd be right probably back off into the races. And it's just, you know, it's kind of the, that's how it is. There's a weird craving, like from the instant start that I started drinking that I had, and that's not a choice necessarily to have that. Like literally the first time I ever drank, I drank till I got sick. And that's not normal, you know, for a normal human being that doesn't have an addiction problem. You don't drink like that, you know, Mm -hmm. but so, you know, that stuff was all happening. I took it serious, but there, I, I had a lot of growing up still to do because basically in my eyes, when you start drinking and using drugs like that, you stop maturing as a person as well. And so when I got sober, I was pretty much always say I was the equivalent to a 15 year old kid at that point. So, you know, I couldn't hold jobs down and it took me a while to get used to that. You know, like I would get a job and then I feel that I was uncomfortable with it. I didn't like it and I'd quit or I'd get fired or something. Something always happened, you know, and it just it was a vicious cycle that I had to deal with for quite a few years afterwards, you know, after getting sober. Just there was a lot of growing up to do. But, you know, my life's kind of done a complete 180 degrees now. I'm, I'm a father of two b- little boys at four and two years old, and I'm married to a beautiful woman that, um, you know, that I, I think the world of. And, you know, we all have obviously our issues, but we seem to always come out in the end on the positive note. And it's just I kind of realize that nothing's perfect. It'll never be perfect. And it just takes work. And, you know, and that's kind of how I look at things now. I just I try to stay humble. I try not to get too self-involved with myself because that's kind of where that dark side of me still kind of resides. And, you know, without, without trying to do kind things for people, um, you know, it's just, that reminds me of some of the things that people said or did for me during the times I was using that kind of kept me going. So how long did it take you to overcome the stigma of addiction you know when when and what i mean by that is when you're an addict you get referred to as a junkie right and then that is what you're known to be oh man that that dude's a junkie you know in that and that's that's a hurtful thing to say and it's a hurtful way for somebody to look and not everybody can not everybody can look at somebody that can change right they see that person as a junkie forever they don't see that person as that that really struggled that screwed up that struggled and and came out of it and it's a good person so did you have that problem getting rid of that party slash junkie title if that's even appropriate to say i'm sorry oh no 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 i completely understand um you know the thing was is that when by the time I, by the end of it, I didn't have people, I had a group core friends that I would like went to high school with that were, I was still close with, but I, I went out with them, you know, um, they weren't involved in the stuff that I was. So, but often I would disappear out of those people's lives. Um, so there wasn't the people that you hurt through this tend to be the people that are the closest to you and they still yeah. tend to have your back regardless. Um, 
that's one of the bad things with the disease is, you know, a lot of times family and friends will keep helping you, helping you, helping you, helping you. And that's what keeps this whole thing mm. going. And, you know, it, it's, I didn't, I, I didn't really have to go through that. Um, because it was, I think people were just generally happy to see a different side of me. And it kind of happened quickly. You know, I, like I said, there's a lot of people who struggle and they get in the program and they don't do the work and they go in and out, in and out, in and out. And, you know, that that can almost be frustrating than just dealing with somebody who's just straight still in addiction because you keep seeing these little glimmers of hope and then it goes back in the toilet, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for me, I just I, I got through it through in my first attempt at it. And, you know, I did the work that was supposed to be done. And, you know, it 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 works if you put in the work, basically, you know, it's, a, it's as simple as that. If you aren't willing to come clean and fix the relationships that you need to fix, um, then you're going to kind of be living on that that edge of the like going falling right back into it, you know. Mm -hmm. Man, I mean, I know Josh and I have had that conversation many a times, and uh, I, I mean, you know, I've, I've talked about it openly. I used to have my battles and demons with alcoholism, and I can totally relate to the, the genetic thing. You know, my, my grandfather, who I never met, was a full-blown alcoholic, and uh, finally got sober, and then. I think it was like six months later, passed away from cirrhosis of the liver, mm. you know? So it was like when I was heavy, heavy into my drinking, like my old man was just scared shitless, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, my, <laughs> my old man, he'd tell me stories about my grandpa, you know, like, you know, my old man would hear something at like two in the morning and here's his old man, like crashed out, crashed out on the sidewalk with a busted open head, blood everywhere. You know, or, or, you know, wake the old man up at like two in the morning. Hey, Marty, you want some pizza? I brought you some pizza, Marty. Get up, you know, it's it's one of those things. But, um, yeah, man, I, I mean, you know, and and I had a good friend that struggled with, uh, you know, heroin and, you know, passed away at the beginning of 2019. Uh, the night before the first tournament I fished, you know, I got a phone call that he passed away. And, um, you know, I'm glad to see that you've made it this far and, you know, I mean, 11 years, dude, congrats to you. Um, that's phenomenal. You know, it's not easy. And, uh, you know, I've seen my buddy go in and out in just a matter of three years, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, I mean, I think, I think knowing your background and, and folks that get to know you, um, I know you, you're not super open about that you know what i mean yeah. so um it's funny man like when you had originally told me after we had talked many times and i was like no way get that <laughs> i thought the same thing i was but, completely caught off guard too but but at the same time i understand you better for that you know it's like um you know me and josh were talking we tried recording this once before, but I think we were just so dead tired. Like it was <laughs> so, um, it, it's funny, man, because we, we touched on your generosity and stuff like that. And, and you really went deep into, into the fact that, you know, that a lot of that comes from, you know, just, uh, the rough childhood and giving back to folks, um, being grateful for just being alive and, you know, things like that, dude. I mean, you know, I, I, it's funny. I get, I get that too all the time, you know, like, why are you always so happy and positive? A lot of times I hide my grumpy side unless it's, you know, our host here at Powell and Finn, but you know, that's a thing too, man. It's just, uh, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> no, I just laugh because you're like, I, except for you guys, I let it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like it's, it's hard to stay positive and happy all the time man that's why i love talking to like dudes like jd you know but yeah. um i don't know man kudos to you uh i mean everything Once that rick, rick had said at the beginning i, I did all that 
Yeah. I, it, I it made me, Josh. it made me like when, when I found out when, when you told me, I was like, really? And then I'm like, that's badass, dude, that you recovered. Not a lot yeah. of people recover. And I was like, that is badass. I'm like, you, you are, are one of those people who, first of all, you didn't feel sorry for yourself. You accepted yeah. that you had a past and you're like, my past doesn't define me as, a, as the person I am today. My past is a part of who I am today and it's helped build me to be the person I am today. And I think that's remarkable, dude. I think it's absolutely. I've I've never struggled with that. Um, my mother, I I never knew my my biological dad. My mom was an alcoholic, among many other things. Um, we poor, we got put in a homeless shelter. Children's service came picked up me and my sister. We got put in foster care and adopted out. And you know I haven't seen my my mother since until I was like 19. It's the first time I ran into her. But um. So I, I saw that at an early age and that kind of turned me off to want to try anything like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I like to drink. Um, I, I like to socially have one, but usually when I'm, when I'm out drinking, it's the, <laughs> it's the tie one off, you know, Yeah. let's, let's get it done. Yeah. So, well, um, I've, t I've told Josh before, my problem is, is I'm like a can of Pringles. Once I pop, I can't stop, same. you know? Right. And, and that's the thing. I mean, um, I mean, I won't lie. I still drink from time to time. You know, I think, I mean, Josh, you probably saw down at Crossroads or no, uh, Turkey Bowl. You know, it's like I got to that house and I was just like, I want a beer. I'm away from home. Yeah. Just drove four hours. And then it was like eight beers later and the alarm clock's going off at four in the morning. Right. Josh is going, turn your damn phone off. Get up. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know so how does how does your past play a role in your day-to-day -day life now man i mean uh what's it like how did you meet your wife things like that i mean did that play in, uh, a role in to meet your wife or was that something you had to explain that was kind of hard no um my wife has you know like we ended up meeting each other through work and you know uh she's got some similarities to my story as well so, you know, like she completely understand my wife doesn't drink or anything either. So, mm -hmm. and, but for me, like you were kind of talking about how, um, like not only does it shape me, but like how, how it kind of, uh, let me, how, how do I put this? So it, what it did is kind of open my eyes. Um, you were talking about how I don't let it kind of rule me and, or define who I was and I don't feel sorry for myself, but that was the thing back then I did. I wore mm -hmm. my childhood and all the things that happened to me like right here. And that's what gave me the excuse to behave the way I did, you know, because I had a, a bad childhood and this happened to me and then this happened to me. And so that was like my reasoning. Mm -hmm. Um, now what, when you get into like these, you know, sobriety programs, you start to realize that you're not unique by any means. There's usually some, quite a few stories that are either worse than yours or less than, or just right there, the same exact story. And so it kind of teaches you humility. It's like, you're not special. Bad things are happening to people everywhere all the time. It's unfortunate, but it's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. So you need mm -hmm. to accept what's happened to you. And if you can't move on to it, from it, then it's always going to be there. And it's always going to be a driving force for you to behave and act the way you do. And so there was a lot of forgiving that I had to do for things that happened to me as a child, um, to get through it. Um, you know, it's, it, it is kind of how it is. If you, if you don't, if you can't move on, how do you expect somebody else to move on from the things that you did to them? And so the way I kind of, it's shaped my personality today is that I try to stay humble. Um, sometimes though, the bad thing is, is that in a sense I can go to extreme still, you know, like my addictive personality is still there. Hence the reason I'm so involved in like kayak fishing, anything that I find enjoyment, I tend to go overboard with it. It's that's the mental disease of it. That's why when I have, when I want to share the argument with somebody saying, 
you know, addiction's not a, a disease, it's a choice. Well, it's like, hey, it's kind of weird though, man, because my mind still works in an addictive personality. It's just aimed somewhere else now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's aimed at something that's not going to get me arrested. It's not going to tear my family apart. It's not going to hurt or kill somebody else. It's not going to kill me, you know? And so like the way I kind of try to operate now is try to just treat people the way I want to be treated. Now, obviously I'm, I'm going to fall short. Um, I'm no, my, by no means perfect. That's all about staying humble. Right. But at least be able to identify where I do wrong and correct those at the time when they happen and not later on down the road, you know? Right. And so it, that's kind of important. I try to, every day that I wake up, I also, regardless, I try to stay positive. Um, you know, there's a lot of days I roll into work and everybody's like, dude, why are you so happy in the morning? Everybody else is dragging ass. Uh, oh, I'm be here. And I'm like, we don't have a choice. You know, like, yeah, right, <laughs> so right. if I'm walking yeah. around here mad and pissed off all the time, then that day is going to go from feeling like eight hours to 16 hours. You know, that's sure, kind of how I look at it. Um, but I'll be the first to admit, man, there's days that I get home and I brought that crap home with me or, or I've taken my home issues with me to work and I'm in a bad mood, you know, it happens, but the, the key to it is to identify it and try to work through it and, you know, come out on the positive side is instead of swimming around in that negativity, that's just going to keep you there. And it's hard, it's hard right. sometimes to do, but, um, after a while you actually kind of get better at it. You know, it's kind of like practice yeah. makes perfect. Yeah. So the so the rough childhood, I, I gave mine like the PG version of my little backstory. It was it was horrific um, prior to my adoption, but uh, that that made me. Uh, in, in a sense, I'm I'm happy that that happened because it made me an awesome father. Yeah, you know, it has absolutely made me an awesome father. Like, bro, you know, I'm there for my kids. Like, <laughs> there ain't no way that's gonna happen to my children, mm-hmm. and you know, so. What about has is it the same way? I mean, you go through hell when you were a child. Did it make you a better father as well? Um, I hope so. You know, that I mean, yeah. my kids are on the young side still. Um, I know that like my wife will sometimes tell me that I can be a little over the top and harsh with it, but the thing is, is that I also want to teach my kids like respect. Um, Mm-hmm. It's important for me to, because I was taught some of that stuff, like my mom remarried later on. And there was some stuff that I learned from my stepfather that really kind of, I, I look back now and I'm really glad that he taught me that. And that's, these are the simple things like opening doors for people still, you know, you just don't, it kind of don't see that as much, man. And it's yeah. just, it's sad to see that in your society, you know, like, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am. And thank yous. And, you know, that sort of thing, because that really resonates with people. It's, it's weird, man. Like, you know, I, I hold doors for people and it's, it's crazy. The looks you'll get sometimes are surprised, (laughs) you know, like what? And you're like, so do you get, so do you get thrown off? Like, I think the three of us are old enough where, you know, you find a young kid nowadays and, you know, like you said, there, there's just not the manners like taught, like they were back in, in our day. Right. I hate to sound like the old guy here, but right. like now you get a young kid that's like, here you go, sir. You get called sir. And you like look over your shoulder like, who's this kid talking to? You know what I'm I mean? Smack you. Call but, me a sir. But but <laughs> then but then after it happens, you're like, man, at least that kid knows what's up. You know what yeah. I mean? Whether right. it be a, a boy or a girl or whatever. But, man, I get that all the time, like going, you know, to Home Depot or you know, the gas station. Here you go, sir. I'm like, what? Sir, yeah. my old my old man ain't here. <laughs> but at the same time, it's good because, you know, I get compliments all the time from my son, you know, and on his manners and how respectful he is and things like that. And I think that's key, man. That's clutch. Yeah. yeah. You said you learned a lot from your stepdad. My, my adoptive parents taught me everything. You know, I would have... My my best childhood friend died from an overdose. I would have been right there. I would have followed his footsteps, you know, just based off of that uh, environment that I was in. But um, they they taught me everything too, man. Opening doors, please, thank you. And I'm passing that to my children too. And my son says something, you know, ask for something, yes, please. You know, somebody brings you yeah. something. We're at a restaurant, they drop some thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's those kind of things. And my wife sometimes says I can be a little too much. You know, she's like, you're just too strict. I'm like. If I tell my kids I want something done, I want it done, they need to yeah. know that 
Um, they need to have that structure. And when they say they're going to do something, they need to follow through with it. And one of the kids, they're not, they're not in sports yet, but we're talking about putting them in sports. And I had the call and I had the conversation. I was like, you guys can choose any, choose any sports that you want, but if you commit to doing it, you're going to finish it throughout the season, whether you hate it or not, because you made a commitment to not only yourself, but your, but to your team. team. Right. Yeah. And I think that structure as a parent goes a long way. And I think it's something important. Yeah. I get a little frustrated. I get a lot frustrated. I'm not going to play you guys I get a lot frustrated. I'm not <laughs> the most patient person, but you know, it is what it is, man. You go through that as a, as a child, man, yourself, and you just want what's best and you're going to make some mistakes on the, along the way, but it comes from a good place. I mean, yeah. Right. You know, you're, you're teaching your kids like what the value of hard work and like that dedication is, you know, and without you being like that, you, you kind of almost set them up for failure or disappointment, you know, yeah. if yeah. It, because then when things don't go their way, you know, the, the, the world's ending kind of crap and you got to kind of, that's what I try to, and it sucks because I, I can't stand having to be kind of strict sometimes when you have a four-year-old and a two-year-old boy, you realize like, oh my gosh, they don't really kind of understand it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, but at the same time, I can see it, I see them changing. Like, so Colin, when he asks for something right now, he's two years old. And when he walks away, he gets it. He says, thank you. And I'm like, yeah, awesome. and that just, I mean, that pierces my heart every time I feel so good, you know? And, okay. um, it's just, it's awesome. And, and, you know, I see like Zach, he's hitting that age. He's four, man. That kid is working to be the class clown already. And I'm like, dude, you're in daycare, man. Why are you, why are you working so hard to make everybody laugh already? You know, like, <laughs> they're like, That's he does too. Same way. They're like, he loses his mind at nap time and he's just like trying to crack jokes and get everybody all riled up. And I'm like, ah, oh. <laughs> sorry. Like one day he got in trouble cause he was yelling and chanting ice cream. He's like, oh, ice cream. That he's getting, trying awesome. to get trying to get everybody in it because they were gonna make ice cream that day, right? And she's telling me she like he was really disruptive. And I'm like, that one's my fault. And she's like, what do you yeah. mean? So when we get pizza or ice cream at my house, the boys run around going, ice cream, pizza. And they're now repeating it at daycare. It's pretty hilarious. Oh, that's I mean, funny. he's got the whole class like, come on, everybody with me. Ice cream, ice cream. <laughs> That's hilarious. But I mean, that's, that's something, right? That says something about you as a, as a, as a dad, right? You just, you want your boys to have a good time, be raised right. And things like that, man. So, yeah. Kudos. How'd you get in the kayak game? I don't know if I've ever had that conversation with you, how you even started that. Um, so, and I kind of, my story kind of is sort of like Brad's. Um, I was, a got into wade fishing actually when I first, when I got sober about approximately two to three years after getting sober, I decided to start trying to fish. I had done fishing here and there a little bit, um, like when I was younger, but didn't really get, ever take off. And then I got into what I like to call drunk fishing. And so <laughs> me and my friends would go to like some random pond in the middle of the woods that we found. Yeah. And we would bring like a case of beer, set up catfish stuff and then sit back and drink until we couldn't like we'd have to call somebody to come pick us up out of the woods and um Been so there, done that yeah. that's why i'm laughing yeah so i mean i like dude we but I'll t i'm gonna tell you what though actually some of the funniest hard belly laughing times i've ever had was involving that um fast forward i get sober two years later i decided to try to start fishing again and i started catfishing car fishing at some of like the local city ponds and then uh, i met somebody who uh lived right down the street from me he's like dude you ever try wade fishing like catch smallmouth and i'm like no he's like dude we should go try it out and i'm like cool i'll go buy a, a little setup i went to random meyer i think i got a little loose carbon fiber and put it on a, a gx2 ugly stick and i went to the river with him and threw on some old shoes some uh swim trunks and threw on a backpack and went out and caught a smallmouth on the first time I went. And it was like a good 16, 17 inch smallmouth out of the still water, dude. And I was hooked instantaneously. And it was funny because right before that day, the week before I'd bought this real nice catfish set up the, you know, the, you'd probably know this, um, Rick, it's, you know, ugly stick made like the catfish rod and like yeah. everybody was using it. Cause this thing was like rock solid 
And then I threw on like an Akuma with a bait runner button on. I was getting prepped for like catfish, like, ah, oh, this is hey, it. set up. Dude, yeah. I've used that rod one time since the day I caught that smallmouth. <laughs> I have two brand new catfish setups down in my office right now. I've never been fished. Yeah. So I ended up kind of getting into Ohio game fishing, which is a fishing forum and was seeing people, uh, I was trying to learn how to, you know, uh, fish for smallmouth better. And then I saw these dudes that were getting in the rivers and kayaks and I was like, dude, these, these trips, these guys are going on, look really cool. And, um, I hooked up with a group of them and got to try kayak fishing. And my first trip was in the little sit inside field and stream. And I was this close to never kayak fishing in my life because of that trip. Um, I was the most uncomfortable, butt numbing, awful thing that I'd ever been a part of, dude. Like I was like, this is so stupid. Yeah. What is, what's everybody raving about? I was like, dude, that's just those boats, man. Those scent sides, they're just uncomfortable. And I'm like, yeah, it's beyond uncomfortable. Every time I want to fish, I'm just getting out of the boat and I'm pulling it up on it. But then what I really kind of realized is, wow, I moved from point A to point B and covered a lot of water and saw a lot of good fishing spots. So I'm going to kind of keep my eye on this, but I really want to get something more comfortable. And I kept researching, started reading everybody was into Jackson's. Um, eventually my wife talked my wife into it. And, um, at first she thought it was crazy. Cause she's like, you want to spend like $1,600 on a kayak? You know, there's $300 ones up Meyer. And, and I'm like, yeah, those things hurt. You know, <laughs> those things hurt <laughs> real bad. And so eventually the way I won her over, I was like, how about you get one too? And she was like, okay. And I'm like, really? That was it. This whole past two years, I could have told you that. Like, <laughs> And so we went out, uh, went down to Loveland, purchased a Cruise HD and a Cruise 10 and a nice trailer to haul them with. Because at the time I was rolling a 2014 Jeep Wrangler, I think. So now, yeah, yeah, something like that. And um, and then, yeah, so and I am, am immediately fell in love with it. And uh, and I still have that boat, man. It's my one and only kayak I've ever owned. Damn. Nice. That's pretty awesome. That's changing this year, though. Hopefully, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm just like, I kind of got kind of crushed at work this past year, man. Like, I am thinking I'm making like 20 or 25 grand less than what I did the first two years. So uh, we just haven't had the business and overtime was real shallow, you know, throughout the season. And oh, it's kind of making a turn for the, the better. But I don't know if that's really based off business. Our machine's been down a lot. But, yeah, you know, it's... um. I, I love doing it. I have a lot of fun doing it. Like I said, I still have an addictive personality. So, and hence the reason that I buy buttloads of fishing gear and now <laughs> I'm involved in a kayak podcast, fishing podcast. Yeah, that's crazy. Facebook is nothing but fish pictures at this point. And, yeah. you know, look, yeah, well, Rick, cool. Rick gets it's... so tired. He's pinning his eyes back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, he's like speaking to me and a dad i can hear my kids fighting in the other room and i'm like because i they haven't seen me all day and i know i gotta go in there and hang out but i'm wondering what they're fighting about and if i need to run in there <laughs> <laughs> just mute it mute it and then yell and i want to laugh because i want to see the the response but not the the actual sound yeah I forgot to lock my door here too, man. And my son just opened it up a few minutes ago. You probably see me going like this because I'm pointing it out. Yeah. He was going to drill me with a Nerf gun. He stuck it. <laughs> he opened the door and he pointed it at me. He was going to waylay me with a Nerf gun. Why did you let him stop? Dude, yeah. That would have been the highlight of my night, seeing a dart hit you awful. in the side of the cheek. He shot me in the eye like three weeks ago, man. I got pissed because it came from across the room. Dude was like, Bow. He turned white as a ghost, bro. He knew. He looked at me. He's like, and he took off running. You yeah, know, my wife's cracking like, up. Uh -oh. I shot the old man in the face, man. I'm done. <laughs> you're like, you're upset, but at the same time, you're like, he's a marksman. That was a great shot. <laughs> I never could have pulled that shot off. That's the hard part about being a dad, because you think it's funnier in hell, but you have to do the disciplinary thing at yeah, the same time. Right, you know. Right. He said something. He came home from school, and he goes, Daddy. He goes, such and such said this. And I said, what did they say? And he goes, he said, this was MF bullshit. And I was like, <laughs> he's in first grade. I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, he said that was MF. I was like, what did your teacher say? 
She's like, oh, the teachers got real mad, daddy. Teachers got real mad, you know? I'm like, oh, my God. So we have to have that conversation about what's appropriate to say, and we don't repeat what others say and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, in first grade, there's some first graders out there talking like that. That's crazy. But, oh, man. I love that part wow. about being a dad, though. That yeah. kind of stuff, I'm thinking it's funny. I can see this this little dude getting mad, you know, this little kid that he heard from getting mad at his teacher about some homework or something. This is MF bullshit. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> Just, just, just wait till the time you catch him, and and it slips out of his mouth, and he doesn't even realize it, and he'll just be like, "Wait, what? What did you just say?" And then you'll sit there like, "Man, that sounded kind of funny," but at the same time, no, you can't do that, you know? Right. Um, and you're yeah. like, you're like, was it me? You know, like. Yeah, yeah. Was he listening to me talk? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Funny yeah, stuff, I, man. I got I got that from my wife when my kid, you know, slipped a few out. Well, you shouldn't swear all the time. I'm like, well, it's not just my fault. Come on. Right. You know, back Brian, me up here. Uh, dude, I've been on the phone with Brian when he talks to his son and it is glorious. <laughs> it is the funniest <laughs> stuff I've ever heard. Because, you know, his son, his what's your son? Like 16, he, 17, 18 now? He's, he's 17, almost 18. Yeah. Just graduated so, high school early. Yeah, when so he was going out the other night, and Brian was talking to him like he was talking to one of his dudes, and I was cracking up, and you can hear his son get real uncomfortable, like dad, and he's like, yeah. what? And he's like, dad, stop talking like that. No, it's not like that. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm, I'm, I'm laughing. I'm like, Brian, I was like, this is priceless when you talk to your kids sometimes, man. Oh, I'm man. not gonna repeat what yeah. he said, but oh, it was. So funny though, because I, his dad, his, you can hear, I mean, I'm not even seeing this and I could feel how uncomfortable his son was <laughs> on the phone. He's he's like, what dad, dad, dad. Brian's like, what? <laughs> I had this uncle. It's like the same way. He, uh, he has no filter. And so I was dating this girl one time, this uncle, uncle Bob. I love this guy. He walks up and he goes, Hey, she's like, yeah, he goes. Can I lick the makeup off your face? First time you ever met. <laughs> Can I lick the makeup? One time I gave him a hug. He's like, oh, you know, Jason, I love you. Bah. He stuck his freaking tongue in my ear. He's like, you nasty son of a... I mean, he's just that guy, right? He played football back when they had leather helmets, you know? And he's... That's... He's that guy. He's he's like the, he is a real Al Bundy. You know, it's yeah. it's freaking hilarious. But he's the greatest guy. I love him to death, man. He's a good father too, but he's a nutbag. Kind of like the makeup off your face. I'm like, I just now brought this chick around you, man. You're saying he hits on my wife all the time. You know, it's awful. Yeah, it's funny, man. My you know my son, he's at that age, so I kind of I kind of tease him a little bit. Oh I, yeah, but with now. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, it's funny. He gets a kick out of it. He says he doesn't, but he does. You know. Yeah. yeah. That's our little bro relationship. You know. I see Pierce staring at a girl, like, you want to kiss that girl, don't you? Oh, and he gets so embarrassed. You know, well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, my son now he's, oh, I'm leaving, going, going out. I'm like, oh, going to chase down the ladies. All right. What's her name? <laughs> you know. Yeah. He'll be like, just stop. Just stop, you know. <laughs> Come on, you're looking all suave, bro. Who are you going to see? You know, and he's just like, shut up. Going on and everything. Just going to Chipotle. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's usually where he's going. But uh, yeah, no, it's funny, man. Fatherhood. Who would ever thought? You know, I catch myself sometimes. I, you know, those sayings that your parents would say, and you're like, I'm never gonna say that, and then you do it. I remember the first time it came out, I forget what it was, something my mom used to say to me all the time. And I was talking to one of the kids, and that came out, and it was just like, God, just like my parents. This is so bad. So bad. Very cool, man. Well, I mean, what do you, what do you got looking forward to with the podcast, kayak fishing this year, all that good stuff, dude? You know, um, I think I'm just going to keep it simple. Um, I want to try to start uh, kind of recording some more video content, kind of get into the whole editing scene. Sure. We kind of discussed this before. Like, um, 
I just kind of, you know, everybody was doing that top five baits thing. And I was like, man, I've never really kind of messed with any kind of video editing. And I sat down, I did something real simple. It was real cheesy, but I kind of realized that I really had a lot of fun doing it, even as kind of where you can kind of see how intricate and kind of aggravating that it can be in a sense to try to sit there and like, you know, get every, every, the little seconds to be either in there or not in there. You know, you're like, all right, that's a bad spot that needs to come out. But I had, what I really enjoyed was putting in the work and seeing like a final product that, you know, granted Brian's like, dude, your video editing sucks. I'm like, Brian, thanks for the positive. (laughs) but you know like i know it sucked i even warned you that this is with some super seriously simple thing that's already on my computer but i had i felt i when i got done with it i was like that's cool you know it's a lot of fun doing that granted it is super cheesy it wasn't it's nothing that would be like here check this out this is awesome yeah i just kind of wanted to play around and see what that was like Um, because i've heard that it can be real frustrating for some people you know they don't sure they'll record and then they never really release it they have like countless hours of you know video content of cool stuff but they just can't seem to sit down and go through it and (laughs) you know pull that stuff out like brian does jay randall Randall. yeah me yeah i'm just totally kidding I do have I do have some footage, but Jay is the worst. I mean, he's still got footage from Idaho from sturgeon fishing back in August that nobody's seen. Doesn't he have video footage actually from his first trip? Yeah, yeah. I talked to him last night, and he's like, "Yeah, I was thinking I might uh, I might sit down and get that Idaho footage out and this and that." I'm like, "Mm -hmm. "I've heard that about twenty times." (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but. That's Jay. That's Jay. Come you know, on. but I want to kind of keep it simple. Uh, get into that. Um, I'm going to start, like me and Rickett's been talking about, doing some overnight river trips. Yeah. And, you know, um, I kind of want to get into just learning, in a sense. W- one thing I kind of want to just try to concentrate on this year, too, is really paying attention to uh, fish pattern behaviors in lakes. Um, I've, I don't have it down in rivers, but I have an idea. And so, but I kind of want to get a better acquainted with uh, fishing lakes this year as well. So that's something I, I kind of want to concentrate on and really kind of learn how to read um, my graphics and stuff on my fish finder a little bit better, kind of get that dialed in. Cause I got, I, I made a big leap in that last year and it kind of really helped me understand, especially when I went up with Brian and fished and I got to see like really how, what fish look like next to like cover, you know, and, and that sort of thing, because it, it's really hard to uh, differentiate, you know, fish, especially when they're in like like a lot of cover, like a lot of wood cover, because, you know, they get close enough to it. You can't really make it out. Um, but, you know, as far as the podcast, you know, I just want us to I like seeing it grow. I like being a part of it. I enjoy doing it. It's a lot of fun. I think I've recorded literally like. I feel like Brian right now, I've recorded like six to eight episodes in a matter of like a week and a half. And, but I, I'm having a blast doing it. And I think it's it helped when I upgraded the computer. Cause I'm like, man, it sounds good. It looks good. It's, and Same. it's fun, you know, and I enjoy talking about this stuff. Like I said, I still have an addictive personality. So here I am. I'm like, blah, 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 kayak fishing, blah, like just <laughs> here it is, you know, and it's, sure. it's kind of, uh, but I enjoy it. And, you know, it's uh, a lot of fun. And I like, I really like helping people with it. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. like I, I was talking to Rick, it's I'm like, dude, I had a lot of fun, like talking to people about this. Like, it's weird. Like, you know, even though we were working basically in a sense, but I was like, it was just enjoyable to talk to people about it and kind of realize how much knowledge I never gave myself enough credit, I think in it. And it kind of came out today, like, hey, you kind of, you know, you know what you're talking about when it, you know, you may not be as good as this guy, but that's all right. You know, there's different levels of what everybody knows. So, yeah. Well, when you get to where we're at now, we are industry professionals. We are. I mean, we've been in it a long time. We represent the sport on many different platforms. You know, it's, it's people come to us for professional and just down to earth opinions, too. You know, we rep shops. We have the podcast, you know, rep a brand. We've been doing it a long time and it feels good. It feels good to be able to teach people and to know this stuff and to give them real, real, real world advice. I couldn't get that out. My tongue sticking in my mouth, but uh, (laughs) it's like sandpaper. I need some water. 
But uh, <laughs> I sidetracked myself, bro. I love it. Coffee. Well, I know <laughs> what you're Everybody saying. Everybody drink. I, it, it's uh, it, it's it's rewarding in a sense, and you know that's the thing too. Like I think we've all promoted ourselves that you know we're in nobody's pocket, so exactly. you know we're we're uh, very open on our opinions, and, and we're not so focused on just selling you on a brand, so to speak. Right. You know, yeah. which is cool. Um, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, it's uh, me and Josh had a conversation that, you know, I remember, you know, doing the shows last year. It was just like that first day I was like, wow, man, like that was fun. And and time flies by. It's like you're not even working. You're just hanging out, talking about what you love yeah. and what you love to do. And uh, it's cool, man. I dig it. I dig it. I mean, kudos to you for the road you've traveled down and yeah, absolutely. I think so it's probably we'll, one of the most painful things in your life too is Brian. When Brian pulled that bass out from under your boat, oh my God, you spanked your ass right it? there on your home water. That's not even my home water. It was like the first time I ever fished it too. I'm yeah, saying home whatever. water because it was in Ohio. That's the only it's, reason I'm saying that. Well, yeah, um, but no, dude. Actually, I mean, I. Like it was frustrating, but actually Brian doing that wasn't frustrating. It was actually hilarious. We all started dying laughing like instantaneously. <laughs> just laughing. You know, if, um, if you guys knew Brian real, just, ex- just we'll just explain because some people never met Brian. Like I, I love Brian to death, but there's always when like when you meet him and you get close friends with him and you're and you're like the relationship we have now. The last thing you want to do is get beat by Brian at anything. Right. Because, you know, you just got your ass whooped by Brian and you don't want that to happen. You want to you want to have the upper hand. So when you're not catching any fish and he pulls a fish out from under your boat. Well, here's the thing. Like, I don't care to be beat by anybody. What I care about is the relentless reminders of the day that he caught a fish directly underneath my butt. It was so funny, man. And, and that that's what says a lot about Josh. You know, he could laugh about it now, but like, and he laughed about it when it happened. Like, dude struggled <laughs> catching fish all day, all day. And then I snag a bass out from underneath the bottom of his boat. And, you know, he's just like, what else am I going to do? I'm going <laughs> to laugh and I'm just going to keep fishing, you know? Most guys would, you know, get up, paddle away, or, like, come over and charge you and try knocking you out of your boat or something. But, yeah. you know, I mean. I think I was most, uh, the thing that was so impressive about it wasn't even the fact that he caught a fish, but the dude threw a jig at me first off. Okay. <laughs> Not, like, a little bait, soft plastic bait. But here comes, like, a three-eighths ounce black. No, it was half jig. ounce. Half, half ounce. ounce. Oh, let me get it right. Sorry. Yeah, it was nice and heavy. Uh, half ounce black and blue jig <laughs> that literally lands directly underneath my elbow where it's overhanging my kayak. And like it hit the water and I felt the water splash up onto my arm. <laughs> and I mean, that's how close he was. <laughs> and it did touch my boat. It wasn't like yeah, but tr- tr- I was, off I was, of it. Like I was a good 30, 40 yards uh, away yeah, from you behind me. He wasn't close. <laughs> In the best part is he called a shot with Jay. He's like, hey, Jay, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> He's the mystic Max of Mac of kayak fishing, bro. Yeah, I called it. I was like, Jay, watch this. And then as soon as the jig hit the water, I'm like, minimum two jerks, and I'll have a fish. And sure enough, on the second jerk, it just, bam. And I just started laughing. I just started laughing. Jay was like, really? Like, what the hell? <laughs> and then I think Josh heard the fish jump out of the water. He was like, no way. No way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> oh, man. What are you going to do? It was fun yeah. times, man. Good that man. was a fun time. We need to repeat that. Just not in July or whenever that was. Yeah. We've got to figure hot. that. Figure out those meetups here coming up. But that us. lily pad bite was good, though. Yeah. You did get over there. You can't mess with Brad Hicks, too, so, man. That's his lake. For a guy that hated that lake, he sure loves it now. <laughs> Two tournaments. Two tournaments. One on it. Yep. No. Well, final thoughts, my man. Uh, or we could do like we did on the, 
the last attempt if you want to flip a question on us. Oh, let's <laughs> break it's like, what, what, wait, wait a minute. What? I got to I'm going to open something. book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Brian, what? Well, I kind of asked you this already. So, let's reiterate it because we've been talking a lot about it. And I'll ask you the same thing, Ricket. So, we'll do one more question and that's it. So, this will go for both of you. We've been talking about this a lot in the pod. And just in general, there's been a lot of talk about it just, in, you know, through different episodes everybody's done. But what is, I'll shoot for you, Brian, first. What is the number one technique that you want to work on this year? Oh, I probably crankbait. Um, it's something I don't use enough and I should use more of. That and a chatterbait. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm okay with a chatterbait, but I don't utilize it as much as I think I could. And then uh, I hardly ever throw a crankbait. And I got my Six Sense box subscription just so I would purposely start throwing crankbaits because I would have some. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's really a got- giant collection of non-utilized baits like we all do. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I got to start start cranking a little um at certain times of the year because i think it could really up my game for sure nice. yeah what about you ricketts uh finesse i'm a terrible finesse fisherman i'm more of a like run and gun um i've broken the laziness of not wanting to change out lures uh, but i have a real bad habit of pairing the wrong baits with the wrong rods because I, I love, like when we had Gene Jensen on, Gene Jensen loves a medium power, fast action rod. I do too. And I use that for everything, uh, except for I'll use a medium heavy if I'm fishing pads. But I don't like to switch rods. I'll switch baits. I don't like switch rods. But uh, techniques, finesse, dude, I'm terrible finesse fisherman. I don't have the patience for it. Um, when I throw it out there, I'm always ripping it too hard. It's more of just like a line, a light line shake and it's more of rod and less line you know it's i'm terrible at it man i'm terrible at it and i feel like i'm wasting time it's just terrible so it's like really a two-part i guess pair the right rods and and uh you know practice finesse fishing that's kind of hard it's hard to finesse fish where we live because a lot of times our water is not on the cleanest side so like a lot of times you're like man I could finesse fish this, but I'm really not quite sure that they're going to see it or hear it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I kind of feel, I feel with you on it. Cause I, I tried that for a long time and once in a while it'd be super successful, but it was just under the extremely right, com, you know, conditions you got, cause you're a river guy too. And you're like, yeah. you kind of wait around sometimes for that super nice, good, clean water to be able to be like, all right, I'm going to slow it down. And I'm going to, I'm going to start throwing some wacky rigs or some Ned rigs and you know, that sort of thing. It's, it's hard. Cause I mean, you see like how Brad, Brad won that one tournament at Cowan and it was because it was completely muddy and up and he threw the right bait and that was a black and blue chatter bait and he threw it right where those fish were. And that was pushed up on the banks on the heaviest cover that they could find, you know? Yeah. And we just don't get, it's not like we have Michigan waters here, you know, like where it's all super nice and clear and, you know, um, I mean, one thing though, like Brian does, and it's, I don't, I guess you could kind of call it finesse fishing. It is in a sense, it's just, it might be a little bit noisier and that's shaky head fishing, you know, cause you are using kind of a bigger weight. It's going to probably click and be a little bit louder, but for the most part, you're still kind of, it's a finesse technique. Yeah. We'll get you out here. Shaky head fishing around the, the timber. Yeah, dude, you're going to go up, me and you are going to go up in his little home lake and you're going to be like, what? This is a blast. Yeah, I'm down. Absolutely. And then you can watch me lose 50% of my fish and laugh at me too. <laughs> it was 75%, let's be honest. Yeah, uh, I know. Don't. Yeah, see, there's me not being humble enough. Enough. <laughs> oh, too funny, man. Well, we appreciate you taking your time out this evening to chat with us here on the OG Show. Thank you for having me. Would you like to... Leave us with any final words, thoughts, shout outs. Yeah, I mean, I just want to give a big shout out to Loveland Canoe and Kayak. Um, you know, they gave me an opportunity to rep the shop and it's been a lot of fun. And I don't, I think without 
Rick is bringing me up on board with that, that I wouldn't be a part of this podcast now too. And, you know, Brian, a huge shout out goes to you for letting me come on and, you know, spew my uh, kayak fishing knowledge to, you know, the little bits that I have. And it's a lot of fun, man. And, you know, it's, and to everybody who's listening to the podcast and gives all the positive and negative feedback, you know, we, we try to learn from all of it and, you know, it helps us kind of form these episodes into stuff that we know that you guys are going to enjoy. So, and I hope everybody enjoys this one. I know we've got a little kind of deep and, uh, you know, but, uh, I kind of felt like, you know, why not be truthful? So, you know, if I can help somebody out there too, it might be struggling or something, you know, feel free to reach out to me. So, Amen, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, uh, I think the episode in a whole is positive hearing your story, what you've been through and where you've come in your life. You know, uh, I think that's a very powerful story statement, things like that. So, um, and absolutely, man, uh, if somebody out there is struggling with, you know, the booze, the drugs, whatever, man, reach out. You always got a friend, so it's not worth it not worth it and uh we lose too many good people to things like that man so keep your head up and keep moving on yeah you got anything else mr ricketts no i'm good man good day it's fun day today it's good chatting back at it tomorrow seeing this uh handsome dude at 10 (laughs) a.m does he sniff your beard no. Or, do, or does he that's, ask you to just take, you, bro? Do, do, does he ask you to take your shoes off when you come into the booth so he can stare at your feet? No, no, yeah. he doesn't. That dude, that's just hey, hey. You guys keep that, you know, personal stuff to yourselves. You know, <laughs> your guys' beard slash toe relationship. You know, toed out. Oh boy. Hashtag beard toe. Hashtag beard toe. <laughs> Until next time. Tight lines, smooth paddling. Please. Go check out the website, guys. Paddle, the letter N in fin.com. Also, check out YouTube, youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N in fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at paddle and fin. Shout out to our show supporters, Rocktown Adventures, Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the Paddle and Fin logo right on your catchboard. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jig Masters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the recycled plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down, makes new baits, and donates them to various chapters of Heroes on the Water. Once in a while, it's fun to go with like just full blown redneck on these fish. This is like high tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun. Sundays at 9:30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.